The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. You may have noticed that this is not your usual commander, Pat Sampson. He has been relieved of command. And today, you are going to be hosted by the other commander, Jason Albrick, codename Weasel Skull. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, codename Death Probe. Well, at ease, Weasel Skull, and to all the green shirts tuning in for our podcast, I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Due Run. This episode is, of course, sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Boys, I'm holding in my hot little hand here the same thing I had last episode. I have got my full run of all the Devil's Due G.I. Joe comics, and I have them all hardbound into various volumes. Either of you know why I've had that done? I'm going to guess because you're so fancy. I'm so fancy. You already know. You got it. I'm so fancy. If you want to be fancy, go ahead and head over to Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hardbinding comics like my sweet G.I. Joe collection. They will make you fancy. If you've got a collection that you cherish and you want to curate, get it hardbound by omahabound.com today. Check them out, omahabound.com. With out of the way, it's on to this episode's special guest. Well, he's not as special because he was here last time. The bloom is off my rose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go uh, home, Joe. Just go back to your home. But there's I have nowhere to be. We're all locked in quarantine. Are you too good for your home, Joe? I've, I've just been on this stream for like three weeks. <laughs> You guys weren't planning on having me return today, but I just happened to be still logged in. We're still logged in. So you haven't eaten. Midas, no, is a slap. Uh, let's not get crazy. I've, <laughs> I've eaten and I've certainly slept, but I'm still logged in. I'm oh, here. Two episodes in a row. Ryan Daly is going to be displeased. I don't know who Ryan Daly is. Does he have a beef with me? No, no, he just he just likes being on the show. Oh, of course. Well, I'm he sorry, Ryan. He ain't no two in a rower like Joe <laughs> Slepsky. So, yes, welcome back, Joe Slepsky from the Joe on Joe podcast, which is another wonderful G.I. Joe podcast. If you're not checking out, we highly recommend it. His code name is Old Style. Welcome back, Joe. I'm wondering if you could give me your best Richard Gear from an officer and a gentleman. I know Richard Gear. I've seen Officer and Gentleman. But outside of the yeah. great Louis, oh. Louis Gossett Jr., I don't remember. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Louis do you Gossett... want me to go? Do you want me to go? Uh, okay, okay. So pretend you're Joe Slepsky, Jason. Okay. Right. Joe, why are you still here? Why don't you just I've go? I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> there we go. I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough of our hijinks. Welcome back to Fort Longbox, Joe. What witticisms, deep thoughts do you bring with you this time? I'm excited to talk more Devil's Due. I thoroughly enjoyed myself last time. I'm older. I turned 45 since last we spoke. 
Happy birthday, old style, old, old style. Old, older, old style, yeah. (laughs) So, um, you know, the summer is speeding along at a snail's pace, and every day is the same, and things are delightful. (laughs) Hence, this podcast is the same guest. (laughs) The weasels call in to mix it up. Well, now is the part where we debrief our new recruits. Now, Joe's not a new recruit. So, you know, we asked his origin story. He told an amazing story last time. If you guys haven't listened to last episode, hear Joe's story. Go check it out. It's great. And we asked Joe to give us his three favorite characters. I I wonder if I can remember. Okay. I know Dusty was one. Yes. Snake Eyes. Yes. Snake Eyes, Dusty, and... Oh, help me out, Joe. (coughs) Pat Sampson. It was Pat Sampson. That's (coughs) what it was. (laughs) It was a shipwreck. Yes. (laughs) Excellent. Well, this is what we do with return guests. Joe, three favorite vehicles. Ooh, Sky Striker, number one. (laughs) Jason's excited. (laughs) Without a doubt, the greatest toy, Sky Striker, number one. Number two, the Killer Whale. Ooh, nice one. Nice pick. Killer Whale was like a mobile platform. I mean, I know they had the mobile battle platform, but the Killer (laughs) Whale was like a mobile battle platform. (laughs) You know, like you could have guys literally taking a nap in that front part. Mm Mm-hmm while they're firing missiles off the back and mm-hmm. there was a motorcycle mm-hmm. and there were depth charges Correct. there was a compartment underneath that yes you could keep your file cards in there but you could also keep a frogman in there mm-hmm. so when you go into the water he could deploy yeah, like a um, little sled yeah, yeah like it, it launched had, a little it sled. had the launching sled it had the spinnable fans on the back it had the movable flaps on those fans mhm it the had missiles, Don't the missiles. Them. Oh, the missiles. It had cutter. It had the guns that could traverse up and down mm-hmm. and it had the two machine gun slots that could spin. The killer whale had everything. Okay. I'm going to blow your mind, Joe Slepsky. What? <laughs> Prepare yourself. So my dad took one of my sister's broken toys. It was some, one of these automated telephone things where you like, you hit the number and it like, ah, so, you know, someone talks to you on the phone. I don't yeah. know. She had it was kind of broken. So my dad took the motor out of it, uh-huh. went to my whale, installed it in my whale, added a propeller, a little on off switch. So now I could put it in my pool and turn it wow. on. It was motorized. That is true that's story. Everything. That's everything. That's yes. amazing. That's my dad amazing. took it to the next level. And as like my brother likes to point out, I was the favorite child. Yes. So much so that my dad would destroy my sister's toys to make my toys better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I never got the cool toys. Jared would get the cool toys, and then Dad would make the cool toys better by destroying our toys. (laughs) (laughs) Jason's a little bitter still that he never got it. Well, he never got a Sky Striker until last Christmas when he got his first Sky Striker, because I got it for him. Once again, Jason, I recently was very lucky to have you guys as a guest on my show. Jason, on, on my show, you claim to have stopped collecting, and you hear you are getting a Sky Striker gun last year. You remember a lot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I do remember a lot from those conversations. I think someone's in denial. <laughs> you may you know, have a point, Joe. Serious PTSD. And I think for my third one... That doesn't have to be Joe. You can go no, cool I, if you I want. I know, I know, I know. Well, I mean, I was a big fan of the Thunder Machine. Oh, the Dreadnought. Yeah. 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 Kind of the Thunder Machine, especially when I installed an Estes rocket onto it and sent it down the street. 
Nice. SD's nuts, by the way. Very uh, cool. Yeah, SD's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to put SD's rockets onto it, the Thunder Machine and send it sprawling. That was pretty great. Okay, cool. I mean, no, that's a that's a bold choice, and I like it though, because I never yeah. did have the Thunder Machine. Oh, Thunder Machine was great, man. Especially as a kid who loved Mad Max. That was just Mad Max playset. You're right about that. And and it ties into today's episode. We're talking about issue mm-hmm. eleven of mm-hmm. with all these dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. You got that right. In fact, I'm going to turn it over to Weasel Skull himself for this episode's intelligence report. Before I do, just a quick thing to the listeners. Weasel Skull is actually deployed to the front lines right now. He sounds a little different than you might hear him on our network normally. He's not broadcasting from his usual location. He's in an undisclosed frontline location. So cut him a little slack on his audio tonight. But with that, uh, Weasel Skull, what do you got for an intelligence report? Well, Jared, for this mission, we're going to be covering G.I. Joe number 11. It was published by Image Comics in October 2002, but its on-sale date was actually October 23rd, 2002. The editor was Scott Whirl, the writer was Josh Blaylock, and the penciler was Kevin Sharp. It was inked by John Larder and colored by Hi-Fi Color Design. The letter was Dreamer Designs, and the cover art was by Joe Benitez and Victor Lamas. And speaking of the cover... Death Probe, please take us through the cover description. Can do. Take cover! The image eye is once again transparent, line work only, and the cover price is still $2.95. The main action focuses on a posed, almost family photo shot of the Dreadnoughts. Zartan, Xanya, Buzzer, Ripper, Torch, Monkey Wrench, and two random Cobra troops. I'm not sure how they got into that picture. But... <laughs> it's a little, it's like they were like, there's still some space left on the right there. Yeah, but Benitez. we don't, but we don't have any reference files for Road Pig. I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> Benitez, draw something. I got it. But seriously, that's about it. It's more of just sort of a posed cover. So uh, back to you, Weasel Skull. All right. Thanks for that, Jared. So let's go around the horn and see what folks think about the cover. And let's start with our guests. Joe, what are your thoughts? I like it a lot. I think it works well for a posed kind of shot. I really, really dig Monkey Wrench's 3D looking harpoon gun. Mm -hmm. That is cool. That is strong. I actually wish that they would have taken it to the next level and had the gun sit on top of the last name Larder. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like, like, go that extra step in the photoshopping to make it really pop on that page. Your eyes go to that. I agree that the Cobra soldiers are completely out of place. It makes <laughs> me think that the whole cover was just the dreadnoughts, and then they said it's off center or something. So we need to, you know what I mean? Yeah, so we need to, we need to fill up that space because they're they're not even looking in the right direction. <laughs> Do you think there's something they had on file? Yeah. It looks like there's action poses. Yeah. Right. I'm being totally serious about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a strong feeling Joe Benitez, who's I think is a pretty talented artist. I think he must have had these guys on file somewhere because they're (laughs) looking in the different directions. They're posed and ready to go. They're moving into action. And the Dreadnoughts are not. And Zorana's missing. Right. Road pigs missing, Xandar's missing. Yeah. There's other dreadnoughts. You, you could have <laughs> easily had any of those dreadnoughts on this right side of this photo. I have a real strong feeling this was meant to just be those guys. They cropped it weird and had to fill in with these other pictures. Do you think maybe they ran out of time for those other two and they were like, oh, maybe. Crap, yeah, do. maybe. 
maybe they did have like Xandar in there and he hadn't been revealed in the storyline yet. So they're sure. like, you can't use Xandar. Yeah, or maybe Road Baker is showing too much nipple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm shirtless again for this recording in case yeah. you guys didn't. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> nice transition. <laughs> Speaking of shirtless, <laughs> do a pat segue. Jared, what are your thoughts on this cover? I've got to continue my trend of just agreeing with old style here. I think he's right. I think it's really talented artistically. I think Benita's great pencils, uh, nice inks, good colors, good use of the background with the sort of technology vibe to it. They might be better suited for a garage than a technology background, but it still works. Uh, again, I think it's smart to go line work only on the image icon because you get to see buzzers chainsaw really well oh yeah it's a nice detail it is a nice little detail i want to echo what joe said about it would be really cool if they put that trident sort of over the uh, creator's names just a little bit to give it that extra 3d effect and then the sweet sweet payoff there is that sharp trident would be poking right over mm-hmm. the name sharp yeah i was thinking it would be even cooler if they like impaled the name Yes. That oh, yeah. A little sharp on sharp action. A little sharp on sharp, yeah. But yeah, otherwise, I th- I think it's great Zartan, Zanya, Buzzer, Ripper, Torch, Monkey Wrench, Gary, and Steve. Cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason, wrap this up for us. What do you think on this cover? You know, I agree with a lot of what you folks have said. I have to be honest, I've never been a big fan of the Dreadnoughts. They just never really tickled my fancy, so to speak. I think the Cobras look really good. <laughs> they do. I like, I like the Cobra soldiers. I like their their outfits. They just kind of look baller, you know. And juxtaposed against the Dreadnoughts, it doesn't doesn't feel quite right. The layout, I think you mentioned it, Jared. Yeah, I think the layout looks pretty awesome. I like the backgrounds. And although I've never been a huge Zartan fan, I gotta admit, artistically, it looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All told, I think it's a fairly solid cover. Perfect, probably not, but let's get to that. Let's talk scores. So how would you rate this cover on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points? And if you're listening for the first time, 1 means you didn't like it at all, and 10 means it's perfect and you should make a recruiting poster out of it. You know, we'll start with Joe. Joe, what kind of rating would you give this? I'd give this a 7. The imbalance, the weird thing that's happening with the Cobra Troopers stops it from being an 8. Okay, very good. Jared, what are your thoughts? I'm going to change my code name to Unoriginal Bastard because I always follow <laughs> Joe, apparently, and I uh, ride in lockstep. It's a seven for me, too. What about you, Jason? I was a little kinder to it. I gave it an eight. I think all in all, it looks pretty good. I know myself well enough that I'm not a Dreadnoughts fan, but having said that, I think artistically... It looks pretty sharp, so I'm going to go ahead and give it an 8. That's fair. That's fair. I I don't know if you were going to talk about this in the story or anything, but probably germane to our listeners. You know, Jason and I grew up as military brats, and we both served in the military. So I'm with you. I've, like, never been a biggest Dreadnought guy, and I think it's because they're sort of the non-military-ish part of G.I. Joe. Is that fair? Yeah, and even Cobra. It's kind of like they've got Cobra Troopers and Cobra Crimson Guard and Ninjas, and then, I don't know. A biker gang. Biker gang. <laughs> okay. I suppose. <laughs> sure. Why not? Mercenaries, so, man. The Blackwater before Blackwater was Blackwater. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. 
Now, here on G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have Weasel Skull pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will it be Joe's point of view? Cobra's point of view? Weasel Skull, go ahead and do Christados' job and pull that lever and tell me what you get. All right, here I go. I'm pulling the lever. Does the lever smell like Christados does? Kind of like Wisconsin cheese mixed with shame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and pork rinds. Yeah. Yeah, pork rinds. Yeah. And it comes up. <laughs> Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> I swear a randomizer has been made by Cobra. All right. Here we go. Cobra's point of view. Cobra. <sighs> we just can't catch a break, man. Mindbender finally got the latest Superbat system online, and the thing just goes berserk tearing its way through all the dreadnoughts and now it's out in the wild our sources tell us that general tomahawk has our inside man general winters by the gonads so i guess winners will be hawks inside man now <sighs> but back to our psycho superbat problem our dreadnoughts have regrouped to hunt it down and then who do they run into the gi joe troop heavy duty eh, so at least we might be able to take out some of our frustrations on that guy okay there's your story synopsis now it's time for our highs and lows on the issue. And you know why I'm so refreshed today, guys? Why is that? I feel like everyone's going to follow the rules for one high or low <laughs> each round. Because somebody's not here. The cheater's not here. So high or low for round one, Joe? Mm, high. The very strong Terminator sci-fi movie vibe that this whole issue has. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot about this issue. I concur. I think there's a real cool sci-fi robot element, just like you said. The bat running through the streets of Chicago, and, and you get to see the civilians' reaction to it and the police and stuff. That's really, really great world-building stuff. I think I made it read fast. Mm -hmm. And as a kid who literally grew up right off of Pulaski, I appreciate them referencing Pulaski and Kedzie. That's right. Your it's, love for G.I. Joe started a I, showbiz pizza not far from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Showbiz pizza was literally on Pulaski. It was Pulaski yes. 95th. I'm not even joking. It all comes together. It completely was. Yeah, Pulaski and Cicero were the two main streets uh, where I grew up. So when I read that, uh, I thought that was very funny. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask what little Joe would have said if he saw the bat running down the street. <laughs> oh, my God, Mom. There's a dude. There's a dude. In a, and he looks like a bat. Like a No, not Batman. No, no. <laughs> Not a battle no, android. The, no, battle android bat, like a B period A period. Just, <laughs> just turn the just turn the Buick around, Ma. Just turn it around. No, I don't. I don't care. Oh my God! No one listens to me. <laughs> I still love how childhood little Joe sounds like. He has his union card. Works down at the docks. Awesome. Thank you for indulging me. I can't get enough uh, little Joe on this hey, podcast. You're <laughs> You're welcome. I'll do my next podcast. It'll be Joe on Little Joe, and then I will be um, either it'll be an entire Bonanza show, or I'll be registering every time I move. <laughs> I love it. I love one it. of the two, one of the two. Oh goodness, Jason! Hi, low round one. Well, I got four or five things here. That I, I knew it. I knew there. somebody. Could <laughs> Commander Samson gave me strict orders to make sure that I kept his spirit alive. No, I think I'd like to tag on a little bit to what Joe said about the Battle Android Trooper. I have to admit, when the Battle Android Trooper was introduced, I didn't really care for it as much. I, I like the more realistic 
earlier comic book stories of G.I. Joe where they were actually fighting human Cobra soldiers and such. And the battle android troopers seem to me kind of a cheap way to allow G.I. Joe in the cartoons to inflict violence without offending the censors, I guess. But that's the genius of it, though. I get it, but... To me, it like it kind of crossed a line more into sci-fi. Got away from the kind of gritty, realistic counterterrorism aspect of GI Joe that I sure. like. And so when I saw the bad at first, I kind of harkened back to that feeling. But I have to admit, as I read into it, well, I definitely see where you're coming from, Joe. I felt the same way. This is really kind of a Terminator-esque sci-fi vibe to it that I really enjoyed in this issue. And I think it was written and laid out very well. So the battle scenes were very visceral and you could feel the threat and the danger on every panel. So yeah, my hat's off to the writer and the artist, both in this issue. Excellent stuff. On my first round, I'm going to drop two lows. So yes, I'm filling in for Pat and I'm doing two things, but I want to get my lows off the radar so I can focus on highs in round two. My two lows, I wonder if Jason probably picked up on one of them. That is a terrible salute that Duke drops as he salutes the troops before they leave for the mission. It's like on the middle of his forehead. It's not a proper military salute. Nope. (laughs) And what bugs me is I know that Blaylock had a military consultant on this book. He's credited him on a few issues, too. So maybe the guy just mailed it in that day or something. But I'm like, no, that's a terrible salute. Duke knows better than that. The other low, since I'm being nitpicky right now, I'm going to go to the page where the cops confront the bat. And it's the first moment where Heavy Duty shows up and he's like in the smoke. It's at the very bottom of that page. And it was a misattributed word bubble. The bat, I saw it too, yeah. Yeah, the bat is actually delivering Heavy Duty's line. Come on, letterer. You need to step up your game. Mm-hmm. Those oh, are, yeah. 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 Those are serious nitpicks, though. Uh, like I said, I just want to clear the decks on my lows in round one. When I come back in round two, get ready for the gushing. Speaking of round two, Joe Slepsky. I don't know if this is a high or a low. I think it's a high because when Sneak Peek gets it in the head, mm-hmm. I, w- I was unexpectedly shocked. And it was awesome. Yeah, same. <laughs> same. I was like, what? Yeah. Like they introduced him last issue, you know, and they even like, oh, they made fun of him. The guy with the big old, you know, <laughs> periscope. Tele- periscope. Yeah. yeah. And then here they are. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy, this was the new sneak peek. Oh, no, he's not. He's just dead. Is like, he dead? Was, like, is he went, dead? I was going to ask you. They went out of their way to put that groan. Oh, you know what? And I was like, is that groan going to get them out of him being dead? Well, I, it I don't says, know. It says target eliminated. It does. Yeah. But you're right. There is the groan. And in comics, groans mean something. I wonder if the groan was the licensor Hasbro saying, give him a groan, Mm -hmm. but then you you don't ever have to reference him again. Yes. I think you're onto something. I think it was like, eh, we might want to make a figure out of that. And they never did. Yeah. (laughs) Once they saw the final piece, because I mean, there's red blood too. That's the other thing that's cool about Mm -hmm. that shot. A lot of times, you know, they won't color the blood red. For whatever sensor reasons, it'll just won't be red. That is red blood coming mm-hmm. out of coming out of his head, and the screen that he was viewing through also has a hole in it. Mm-hmm. So that bat shot him in the head. There mm-hmm. is no, that groan is his death rattle, and I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, much like you, I was like, oh my god, they killed him on his second appearance. Yeah, <laughs> and then I saw the groan. I was like, is he dead? And then I had that same thought as you. I was like, I wonder if Hasbro intervened and was like, eh, 
let's yeah, leave just the door open. Yeah, See, I, I thought they were going to say that the screen like absorbed the impact of some of the bullet or something mm, like that. I know this he's dead. They could. You know, they could just have Doc call in at the end of the issue. Hey, guys, Duke's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think they used that bit once before. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you who should feel really bad about Sneak Peek being shot dead is Scarlet because she, she was making fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> she made fun of old sneak peek who got uh-huh. killed. She's making fun of new sneak peek who got killed. Yeah, she she knows. She's a cold-hearted snake. Look into her eyes. I'll tell you, he was okay with the peek, but he's got to up this game with the sneak. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good point. <laughs> good high there, Joe. I, I really agree with you. This is definitely a whoa moment uh, as you read along. What about you, Jason? Second round, my friend. I thought that the B story between General Hawk, General Winters was interesting. Yes. I've kind of just jumped on mid-story, but I commend the writer because he gave me enough that I knew about what was going on there, and it interested me. I'm interested in how Hawk is now going to use Winters as his pawn in this game. So... In the middle of all this action with the bat, you also kind of have this psychological kind of strategic game that's being played out in this issue. I liked it, and I liked the fact that the writer gave me enough as a new reader to at least understand the bones of what's going on there. Yes, sir. I mean, they really just introduced that story arc, that specific part, like last issue. There had been some problems with Joe getting defunded, but they really kind of figured it all out last issue because of super fabulous mainframe did a little digging and took care of business. Very cool. Super fabulous is in reference to his costume, by the way. Yeah, that is. <laughs> Whew, that was quite a look. Here we are almost 20 years later, and that look has still not caught up to the time. <laughs> Nope, still hey, a little too edgy. <laughs> you all laugh at him, but they're going to need him when it comes up to face-to-face with that bat. I didn't know it. <laughs> That's right. I promised you guys highs, maybe pull a pat, I don't know, in round two. And I just want to tip my hat to the artist. There's a couple of really great splash pages involving the bat. Bat got a really cool sort of reveal. He got a cool splash page as he was cutting through all the dreadnoughts. Then you had another great page reveal with Heavy Duty. All the art looked really good. I was really impressed all the way through. So I just want to say, hey, the it's a relatively new artist, right? Because last issue was filled in by Jamal Eigel. This issue is Kevin Sharp. And I think Kevin's doing a wonderful job. So that's what I want to put in my final highs and lows round. Now, let's do burning highs and lows. I know I have at least one more thing to say, but I want to check in with you guys. Joe, anything else to comment on for this issue? I like the art. I think everything looks really good. I loved seeing Heavy Duty in action. I like seeing that Heavy Duty got hit. Yeah, it took you know, around. Yeah, like some actual damage and stuff. That was great. I feel like it ended too soon. You know, like it just, it kind of ended just, hey, Dreadnought's showing up to cause more trouble. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I suppose that's what keeps you coming back. Mm-hmm. Kind of like everything about it. I really love the Cobra Commander Mindbender interaction in the top. It reads very much like cartoon Cobra Commander. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It really does. And I really enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> Jason, any other burning highs or lows? 
Yeah, I guess I'll just mention that I like the ending. I agree with what you both have mentioned, that the story seemed to move at a crisp pace and ended too soon. I felt the same way, but I really like that cliffhanger ending. Makes me excited to see what happens next. I want to see a wounded heavy duty taken on the uh, Dreadnoughts. I think that's going to be really cool. And I also want to give a shout out to that lady cop. And mm-hmm. the issue, she was showing a lot of spunk, and I'd like to see some more of her. Yeah, I'm wondering if she's not going to get involved to help save him. Yeah, from the dreadnoughts. I am going to pull a pat and add just one more thing myself, and it's something that Jason and I commented on. Peek behind the curtain, everyone. Jason's actually at my house, which is why he's at an undisclosed location right, right. now. So we were able to discuss this in person, and we were both impressed that they gave us a little backstory on Road Pig. Like, he was just a guy with a cement hammer, like, to us our whole lives. And this whole, he's got multiple personality disorder thing, just they kind of layered on a character who was always a little throwaway. And we both commented about how it was kind of neat to get just a little more on him. What they give you there has always been part of his story, but I love the way that they gave it to you. Yes. You know, as an analytical computer readout and as a way to give you exposition to remind you, oh, yeah, this guy's nuts. And definitely that exposes a blind spot. Both Jason and I kind of fell out of G.I. Joe around 60. Okay. So we oh, may right. have missed a, a little bit. Like I had come back every once in a while. Like I heard, oh, the Saw Viper killed some people. What? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, no. Yeah, that was definitely always been a part of Road Pigs. Uh, okay. I did not know that. I thought right. that was introduced here. So my bad. No, but it's great that they do that way. I think comics are always at their best when they're finding interesting ways to give you exposition. And this absolutely falls into that category of giving the reader a rundown of who that guy is, but within the story. Very cool. This issue definitely left us hanging with a cliffhanger. What's going to happen to Heavy Duty? And I think we're all still wondering, what's going on with this bat? How did it get reprogrammed? Because when Cobra's like, I don't know what's going on with this bat. And Joe's like, I don't know what's going on with this bat. Who reprogrammed the bat? Right? Good question. Let me give this back to Weasel Skull for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. Well, thank you, Jared. And for those of you who don't speak military, what that means is we're going to score this issue on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale that we used earlier for the cover. Without further ado, let's award this thing some points. And we'll start with you, Joe. How many flag points are you going to give issue 11 to G.I. Joe? I'm going to give it eight. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to give it eight. I think it's a ripping adventure. And I think there's a lot of fun, absolutely a lot of fun personality beats. There's some really subtle references in there. Well, one, the Johnny Five reference is hilarious. Yes. yes. <laughs> short circuit, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Short circuit. There was another one about like, uh, uh, it's an old commercial about like women's lib or something like that. And I'll see if I can find it before we end up re- recording here. But either way, the dialogue, I think, is snappy. That's what I'm here to say. I think it's snappy. I think it's fun, smart, topical. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, I like Lady J's comment. You do what we always do. You aim for the head, you empty the magazine. You hope yes. for the best. If that doesn't work, you run. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. Very uh, nice. All right, Jared. I know you're itching to give this some flag points. How many are you giving it? Well, if musical genius Joe November was here, Joe November would probably give it 8.5. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do here. I'm actually going to give this issue story a 9. And I'm giving it a nine because, like we kind of mentioned earlier, don't judge a book by its cover. I was like, Dreadnoughts issue. (sighs) And then I'm 75, 80% of the way through the book, just like devouring it. Like, next page, next page. I was like, 
they made the dreadnoughts cool, fun, interesting. They wove them into the story. This thing is fast paced. I loved it. I'm giving it a nine. All right. Strong nine from Jared. Yeah, I didn't see that coming when I, when I saw there was a dreadnoughts issue. No, and you know what? I'm riding alongside here with Joe uh, with the eight. I'm going to throw an eight on the pile. Same thing, though. When I saw the Dreadnought cover, I was like, oh, man, because the last one I guessed it on had Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow, and I was all <laughs> excited. It's like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to read this thing. And then it's like, oh, it's going to be about a bat. Oh, how exciting is this going to be? And you're right. It was really exciting. It actually made me interested about Road Pig, and it left me at a great cliffhanger. I mean, what more do you want from a comic? It's a page turner. Good story. You know, a couple flaws in there, but all in all, it was well put together and it left you wanting some more at the end. So eight from me. Awesome stuff. Everybody liked this one. Well, we're not quite done yet, folks, because before we wrap this up, we have to award this episode Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry in action. This is where we each get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty. And I will start, as always, with our guest. Joe, who are you going to give your Silver Star or your Silver Snake Award to? I'm going to give my Silver Star to uh, Heavy Duty. Nice. Yeah. He took a round, still kept on coming, showed up, saved the day. Yeah, Heavy Duty. All right. Heavy Duty. Yep. I think that's definitely well earned for heavy duty i mean and he is fighting alone out there right now his joe backup has yet to arrive so takes courage jared what do you think i might be stealing yours but i like lady cop lady cop is not a joe but she's got the gumption of a joe wouldn't be surprised if she's asked to join the team i like her moves i like her style lady cop stepped up when times got tough full respect silver star lady cop jason i think i'm gonna have to uh give a Silver Star to Heavy Duty as well. I'm going to jump on Joe's bandwagon here because Heavy Duty is out there facing a souped-up bat, dreadnoughts. He's wounded. He's not backing down. So we just got to hope that reinforcements show up sooner rather than later or else things could go south. <laughs> it could be a Purple Heart <laughs> in, in Heavy Duty's future. Oh, I'll tell you, man, there's a big part of me that wanted a Silver Snake, the bat. I mean, the bat was just awesome. The bat's yeah. amazing. But that I'm is like, amazing. is it a silver snake? Is it a silver I don't know who he's working for. I don't know either. <laughs> I know. I, I couldn't either. I mean, obviously, he's the most deadly player on the field right now. Let's not forget, we got to give possibly a posthumous Purple Heart to a sneak peek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly can't remember if he comes back later in the series or not. He's not looking good, right? He's not looking good. <laughs> All right, so with the Silver Stars all handed out, let's turn it back over to Jared for his segment, Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection, each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Thank you, Weasel Skull. In this segment, I will take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. For this issue, I have selected Road Pig. Road Pig's file name is Don DeLuca. We was named after a former Hasbro design director. So I don't know if it was complimentary or not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I know they did that a lot. They named characters after folks that worked there. His grade, well, he doesn't really have a grade. He's a dreadnought. His birthplace is Goblue, Michigan. Go Blue, Michigan. 
Is it Go Blue as in the sports team, or is there actually a town called Go Blue? I don't know. Somebody out there will let me know. I don't do research, people. His primary specialty is none, but let's just say his file card mentions felony spitting. I'm not making that up. It's on his file card. Interesting. (laughs) Secondary specialty. Again, he's a dreadnought. He doesn't really have one, but his card mentions a dishonorable discharge from the Cub Scouts. (laughs) 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 Larry Hama was having a good time on this card, I do believe. Here's your figure description. He's shirtless, as all great people are. (laughs) He wears black pants. He has silver boots. He has a white crew cut with a red streak in it. His accessories, he came with a silver cinder block hammer, black shoulder pads, a forearm shield, and a black crossbow. Here's your figure history. He was released carded for Series 7 in 1988, discontinued in 1990, and as of this recording, there are four versions of the figure. A version of the Ninja Commandos line was announced for Road Pig, but it was never released. Some of his figure mold parts were reused in the Street Fighter action figure line, specifically for the characters of Blanca and Guile. Sonic Boom! Back to you, Jason. (laughs) I've got breaking news for you. Breaking news. The town of Goblu lies just 17 miles to the east of Toledo. Holy Holy Toledo. Except except for it doesn't actually exist. They both came to life in the imagination of the late Peter Fletcher, who was former chairman of the Michigan State Highway Commission. There's two towns. There's Go Blue and there's Beat OSU. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I see where they're going with this. I was right. I was right about Go Blue. No, you're totally right. He admitted that he ordered a cartographer to include the fictitious towns on the official map in an act of loyalty to his alma mater. <laughs> That's I like hilarious. That. So, so I Fletcher, like that loyalty. Fletcher took some heat for the map. The state reportedly issued a reprint after the people filed complaints. Um, <laughs> oh, but that's great, yeah, this was. Uh, let me see what it doesn't say what year it was actually published, but yeah, oh, 1978. 1978. So, yes, this wow. is hilarious. Ah, oh, that's hilarious. Instincts. That is awesome. My instincts kicked in on that. I was like, go blue, Michigan. It's all coming together. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Well, way to go, Mr. Fletcher. Way to to stick it to the, (laughs) stick it to the, everybody else, the OSU fan base, at least. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Weasel Skull, what you got? Next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. And as always, we'll kick off Combat Comms with a roster call for our battle-hardened Crusaders Club veterans. And these are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special long box episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks that are reaping the benefits and giving so much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Wolf. Ow! Bill Beer. Blasted or Stash It. Bob Busta. Braxton Underwood. David Collins. Bat, 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 bat away. The Duchess. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Poyo. 
Miggity-miggity Mark Hatherly, my main man. Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Pickety-pickety Paul Hicks, my main man. <laughs> Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick present. Ross Show. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Come on down, it's Tim Price. Timmy. Toronto Cop. And one-time donor, Bradford William. And if we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. So, you might be asking yourself, and I know I have asked myself many times, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? And for most people, not named me, it's simple. You just head over to the patreon.com site and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Now, let's see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's Com set. Communications officer, code name Breaker. And these are from last episode where we featured issue number 10, The Return of Zorana. All right, I will light this candle with our most loyal of listeners, Green Lantern HG. He says, what a great episode. Old style came with guns a-blazing. I got to give it to him for, as I'm older... I worry she's not wearing a helmet. <laughs> and I had to die laughing at that too. Awesome comment. Very well done. Can't even hate on that one, GLHC. Joe was excellent. So excellent that we had him back on, mainly because he never left the stream. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and take the next one from our friends at Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. And they say, this was another episode that I listened to with my ears. That's good to know. Yeah, that's good to know is a ringing endorsement. High compliment. High praise. Like if we released sir. this podcast as like on a CD box set, that should be like one of those quotes, you know, that they put on there. Like yeah. Siskel Niebuhr, two thumbs up. It's when you see someone's uh, uh movie or short film or something for the first time. And the first thing out of your mouth is you did it. You made it. <laughs> Hooray <laughs> for you. You completed it. <laughs> What's our last signal here on Breakers Comp set? Well, it's from a it's from a handle called uh, Je, uh I think it's French. Je on Je podcast. Oh, Maybe. Joe on Joe Joe on Joe podcast chimed in with love being on the show. <laughs> Little Joe, he loved being on the show. Little Joe loved being on the show. <laughs> loved it so much. He's back again. Oh, well, that is great. And we love having you on the show, Joe. And you know what? That brings us to Mission Complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movie, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade network. Weasel Skull, where can they find that? Well, you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. You can also look us up on www.longboxcrusade.com. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Longbox Crusade. Lots of places to find us. Back to you, Jared. If you want to chat with us online, we can be found at Jason. Where can they find you? You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Instagram. 
Excellent. And of course, I can be found at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Or you can search Yard Sale Artist on YouTube and you will find me drawing stuff or talking about yard sale finds. But all of that is irrelevant because you need to know more about Joe on Joe podcast, the second best GI Joe podcast. In the I couldn't get, my, oh. couldn't get through my own bit. Couldn't get through my own bit. Second only to Joe and Joe Illustrated. Yeah, clearly. Yes. Yeah. No, seriously. It's a wonderful show. Joe Pippet out, please, sir. Oh, please, please, please give me a listen. Uh, you find me on any podcast catcher. Just do a search for Joe on Joe. You'll see it. You could find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Joe on Joe Pod. And the biggest thing we're doing right now is we've got this hashtag out there, guys, called hashtag release the extreme. We've been covering the G.I. Joe Extreme era on my podcast, and we want to get Hasbro and G.I. Joe to release those extreme issues on Blu-ray or or streaming or some in some official cleaned up format because they're not as bad as you think they are they're actually quite good and quite entertaining so hashtag release the extreme if you listeners are out there tag your tweets and send it over to gi joe and hasbro absolutely i'm telling you what me and my brother weasel skull here recently appeared on joe on joe we watched our very first gi joe extreme cartoon live on the show no bs and it was good so hashtag release the extreme. Let's get this happening. I want to see some more. They need to hashtag release the extreme. Woohoo! Extreme! <laughs> extreme! <laughs> I'm getting good at it now. Oh my goodness. If you want to interact with Jason and I via live chat and probably Pat and Delvin as well and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month unless there's a holiday then we'll bump it to the third Sunday, but we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. We'll see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue number 12. Until then, Platoon Fallout. Yo, Yo Joe! Joe. I think Jason didn't give us a yo Joe. Yo Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were gonna like go on three or something. Ah, such a rookie, such a great I shirt. I, I haven't done this part. <laughs> the music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Our sources also tell us that General Tomahack... Tomahack, that's not a real G.I. Joe guy. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> I found that line. I've been. I found that line. They're referencing a 1985 Eurythmic song. Sisters are doing it for themselves in one of these captions. Sorry, it's been bothering me. (laughs) Okay. This whole time, I've been. What am I doing? Okay, so we're doing. We're. So I'm dropping that. The outtakes real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's true. It is true. No, it's true. So I was like, where was it from? And it's yeah, it's uh, sneak peek is saying the guess the robots decided he's doing it for himself these days. 
and that was a 1985 Eurythmics song yes, called Sisters song. Are Doing It For Themselves. I know the song, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was cool. I thought that was, yeah, exactly. I thought that was a fun little, fun little thing. Okay, sorry. We'll start that. We'll start the support again.